everyone. It's so good to see you today. I hope you've had a great week, and I want to invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. Luke chapter 5 is our text, and as you're turning to Luke chapter 5, we'll look at verses 12 through 13. Let me encourage you, as it's already been mentioned, to pray for your pastor search committee. We are racing toward an incredible chapter ahead and what God is leading us to as a church. And I know that you're excited with me to think about what lies ahead and how God's going to continue to work in the future as he has so faithfully in the past. And I know that you'll be encouraged praying for your next pastor. When he arrives and you discover who God has sent your way, uh, to know that you were part of that process of praying the Lord's work in his life and the life of your church. As we look today at Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 13, I want to begin with asking you a question. Do you ever feel like in your life uh, you're unlovable? Maybe there's something dumb you did, which I do all the time, dumb things, and feel like, my goodness, I must be the dumbest person on this planet. Uh, how could someone love me? How could God look at someone like me and uh, express love to someone who fails so much? Maybe uh, it happens when you look in the mirror and you see that reflection looking back at you and you think, wow, I've aged quickly. How did this happen? Life flew by. Uh, you don't feel very lovable when you look in the mirror. Maybe uh, you have that time when uh, you polish off the rest of that haagen ice cream and you think, oh my goodness, what kind of person am I? I ate all that ice cream. We got in just in time last night to go downtown and get some ice cream. Uh, I love, love, love ice cream. All things chocolate, I've told you before, but you know, when we make dumb decisions or we don't feel like we're caring for ourselves, we're, we're succumbing to different uh, decisions in our lives, we feel like maybe we're unlovable. We try on clothes that used to fit, they no longer fit, and we get real discouraged about ourselves, or maybe it's something far more serious, a decision you made that had terrible consequences in your life lasting pain that it caused for you and other people. Maybe it's a time when you failed yourself or you failed other people or certainly times where we know we have failed God. We've made a mistake, we've committed some sin, we thought we were strong enough to resist it, but then we succumbed to it. Situations and circumstances that make us feel unlovable and unloved. Perhaps your circumstances make you feel that way today. In this room, there's a lot of pain, a lot of burdens we carry. Sometimes we feel like we're all alone. No one could love someone like us. Or how could it be that God loves me when I look at the condition of my life, when I look at the problems of my family, when I look at the health reports that I've been receiving? Uh, God, are you there? Do you love me? And when we ask such questions, we can feel very alone, very afraid. I want you to see today that you don't have to feel abandoned. You don't have to feel alone in life, even when it seems like everything is lonely. That when you feel down and out, when you feel sad and alone, I want you to know today there's a Savior who is reaching out to you. And that's what we're going to discover today as we look at the touch of Jesus in Luke chapter 5 in just a moment, beginning in verse 12. As we look at this passage to lay the context for us, we find a man who was experiencing something that left him feeling unloved and unlovable. He was in a sad and desperate situation. And I think today as we read his story, as bad as the condition of our lives might be, we look at this man and we think, wow, he had it so much worse, and yet he found that there was a loving God 
who cared for him, as the whole world walked out on him, we find that Jesus walks in. At the beginning of the story, here's this man in a desperate, desperate situation. If you will, look at verse 12. It says there that while he was in one of the towns, that is Jesus, a man was there who had leprosy all over him. This man had leprosy all over his body. He was consumed by it. Now, you may not be completely familiar with this disease of leprosy. It's a disease that afflicts people not only in ancient times, but even in our modern world today. There are people all over the globe who are suffering from conditions of leprosy. Now, among the Jews, there were several kinds of leprosy that they defined, including the leprosy we call today Hansen's disease. One form of the disease attacks the nerves. Your nerve endings begin to fail, and it leaves you unable to feel pain. And as a result, the person, if they cannot feel pain, they touch something hot, they don't know it's burning them, they uh, stub their toe at night, you ever do that? Uh, as the old saying goes, it's enough to make a preacher cuss, right? I mean, you stub your toe and you bite your tongue and it hurts. Well, these who suffered from this condition of leprosy didn't even feel the pain from it. So they would knock into things and hurt their extremities and never know it. And these extremities, as they were injured and uh, pain developed and sores developed and expanded, infections set in and it led the limbs of the body to eventually become deformed and in many instances, their limbs would rot off of their body. In third world countries, vermin chew on the sleeping lepers without the leper even knowing it because they feel nothing and these sores draw in all kind of rodents. In other words, it was a terrible disease and people had great fear of those who were affected by it. Naturally, they saw these people, these grotesque wounds, these deformities. They, they encountered these people, this foul stench, and it turned their stomach, and their decaying corpses upset their eyes as they looked upon these people who were among the living dead. They were worried that this grotesque disease that was affecting that person, that maybe it's contagious, and if I get around that person, I'm going to catch that, and I'll have that same deformed figure, that foul stench, those rotting limbs. So for those with leprosy, their body could not feel pain, but that was not just the end of it. It was definitely a painful disease, but the pain, as you can imagine, was also felt within because to have leprosy in these ancient times meant you were banished from society. And that's an important part of this story. This man who was suffering so much physically was dealing with a lot socially, emotionally, psychologically. The lot of the leper was summed up in Leviticus chapter 13, beginning in verse 45. The person with, who has this case of serious skin disease is to have uh, his clothes uh, torn. He is to have his, his hair hanging loose. He is to cover his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. He will remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He must live alone outside of the camp. You get this picture here? Socially, the consequences of coming down with this disease, no 
fault of your own, you would think, and there we'll see some interpretations people had about why people got the disease, but here you are, afflicted with this terrible, grotesque, visibly upsetting disease, and now you're to be socially set apart. We can't imagine today the humiliation, the isolation of a leper. Just imagine their plight. Imagine if you were there as that leper. You must alter your appearance so that you look the part. Maybe the leprosy was contained to certain parts of your body, but so others would know and not get around you and, and think that they're going to catch that disease. You had to dishevel your hair and tear your clothes and just look the part. It's almost like you had to wear the costume of a leper. So everyone would know that you are that person with this disease. Imagine walking through downtown LaGrange on a Saturday when some event is taking place and crowds of people, all your friends and neighbors and people you have socialized with for years are all gathered in the town square and there you come along, clothes torn, hair all disheveled, decaying skin, and as you approach that crowd you have to cry out, unclean, 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 here I come, I'm unclean. Picture yourself in those rare moments as you encounter people in the public shouting these phrases. Imagine the worthless feeling you would have, the despair you would experience. And if, this, if that wasn't hard enough to cope with as you had this disease, now this public embarrassment, now this ostracizing from society. But still, the pain is just beginning not only must you do these things, but you also have to move from the city. No longer can you reside in the, the neighborhoods of LaGrange. You've got to go out further out. You're banished from mixing in any aspect of society. You can't associate with others, not even your family. So you wave goodbye. You don't hug them goodbye. You don't kiss your kids goodbye. You wave goodbye to them and you go out into leper camps on the outskirts of society hoping you can find some other people with the same condition so at least you're surrounded by others. You become a beggar. You can't work. You can't go to a job and earn an income so you have to beg and hope that you can survive at all of it. Now, in addition to all of that, people in that day and time thought that leprosy came as a result of some personal sin. So when people saw your decaying flesh, and perhaps the worse it got, the worse they thought of you as a sinner, you must have come about with that disease as punishment for, from God because you've committed so, some sin. Now this wasn't really the case, but the leper does symbolize sin apart from the cleansing work of Jesus Christ. The leper was covered, and just as we are covered with sin without Christ, it pictures in many ways how if we could see ourselves with spiritual eyes, seeing what we look like without Christ, we would see that we are among the walking dead. We try to cover ourselves with filthy rags as a leper would. So it says in Isaiah 64 verse 6 that all of us have become like one who is unclean. We are all like something unclean. All our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. 
We are so much spiritually like we describe physically this leper. On the rare occasion that a leper was determined to be healed, what would happen? The priest would sprinkle blood on the healed leper and pronounce that leper clean. The blood-sprinkled person would again join the community of his family and friends. It was a foreshadow of what Jesus does for us when we have the leprosy of sin. We're born in sin. We live in sin until Christ comes into our lives and he changes us and Christ makes it possible to, to join the community of faith, right? So we see this picture of leprosy as we think about it with spiritual eyes, but this man was seen as an actual sinner. That This was punishment from God as to why he had leprosy. And it was severe. He was covered with it, the Bible tells us. So we imagine that pain and that sorrow that he experienced. He had lost everything socially, religiously, physically, emotionally, personally. Can you imagine it? One day a normal citizen, one day a loving husband and father, never now to experience another hug and kiss from his wife, never again to have a tug of his kids at his pant leg, never to feel the joy of his kids running into his arms. The doctors of the day had no hope, nothing to offer him but continued decay and ultimate death and isolation. But even though the common man, the medical professionals of the day could do nothing for him, he recognized the one who could solve his problem. And today he is the same one who can solve your problems. The leprosy of your soul, the pain of your past, the isolation and the loneliness you feel, the problems you're battling through as life is throwing you uh, one right hook and left hook after another, when life is knocking you from one side to another, who can be the one to resolve our problems? Who do we turn to? Verse 12, notice what it says, that when he saw Jesus, when he was there encountering Jesus Christ, this one with leprosy all over him, he fell face down and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Think about what's happening. Imagine in your mind's eye the scenario at play here. Streets crowded with people. Now this leper comes on the scene. Depending on how the wind was blowing, he was supposed to remain somewhere between four to a hundred cubits, which translates about six feet to a hundred and fifty feet from other people. This was the original social distancing, right? Six feet or more he was supposed to be when he entered into a crowded place, all dependent upon where the wind was blowing. As he walks in, people are ducking for cover. You can imagine it. Imagine someone coming up to a crowd like this and they're covered in what you believe are contagious wounds that would isolate you and destroy your life. You'd be ducking for cover. You'd be running out the back door. It's like in the early days of COVID when it was first uh, coming about how frightened we were of, of being associated and around it. If somebody walked in that first day of the pandemic and said, hey, I've got COVID, what would we all do? We would run away. And that's what was happening when people encountered this leper. They wanted nothing to do with it. They were going to get away from him. So they ducked for cover. Imagine how the masses moved. It would be like the parting of the Red Sea with all these people running in every direction. 
The crowds parted as he made his way and ran to Jesus Christ. Now in your mind's eye, imagine the scene. The crowds have parted, they've scurried away, and it's just the two of them. It's a man who had been afflicted with leprosy from head to toe, covering his body. There he is before the unblemished Lamb of God. He, the filthy, decaying, living corpse, eye to eye with the unblemished Lamb of God. Three things I want you to notice about their encounter. As he comes to Jesus, note his humility. When he encounters Christ, and there they are, face to face, he falls with his face to the ground. Here was a man who was humble. Perhaps he was full of pride prior to his disease. Maybe he was prominent in the community. Maybe he had accumulated a lot. Maybe his kids were the, the captain of the football team and the star on the travel baseball team. But one thing is now for sure, he had been humbled. Everything had come to nothing. Disfigured, discolored, a foul odor emanating from his body. He had no home, no money, no job, no family, no, nothing to be prideful about in his life. And all he can do is fall face down before Jesus Christ, prostrate before the Lord in worship. Might I point out today, this is the prerequisite to our forgiveness. For our sins to be forgiven and washed away, absolute surrender to God. Not a casual acknowledgement, but bowing down before him in utter humiliation and desperation, realizing Jesus Christ is your only hope. And that's the place this man came to in his life. We see this humiliation. He bows before Jesus Christ. Then I want you to note his desperation. It says he begged him. Here was a desperate man. Once again, he wanted to be with his family. Once again, to belong to society. He wanted his life to be spared. And I picture him in my mind's eye there before Jesus, face to the ground, begging him, crying out, Jesus, help me. And I want you to see the assurance there he had. His assurance, the, he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you are willing, you can resolve my troubles. You can help me in this season of my life when I feel unlovable and uncared for and broken and, and crushed under the weight of all my pain and circumstances. He knew without a doubt Jesus Christ was the answer to all of his problems. It was Jesus Christ who could make him clean. Jesus had the power to do it. And he turns to Jesus with great assurance. I wonder today, is it Jesus Christ to whom you are looking to find forgiveness? The one you're looking to to bring about healing in your life. Not your good works, not your religious affiliation, not your church attendance here today, but it is Christ alone your hope for eternal salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Do you look to him alone to wash away the leprosy from your soul? Do you believe that he can forgive you of what is making you feel unlovable? Do you believe that he is the hope for every circumstance of your life? This man in a desperate situation, recognizing Jesus as the one who could help him, I want you to note how Jesus turns to him and does the unthinkable. 
In the parallel passage of Mark chapter 1, verse 41, it tells us that Jesus moved with compassion. I love reading that because that's how Jesus responds to us. We oftentimes feel like Jesus couldn't love me. Not after what I've done, not the person I've been. If everyone knew the real me, God does know the real me. There's no way he can love someone like me. This leper who had nothing in life to lay claim on Christ, he had nothing good in and of himself. He is broken, he's pitiful, he's decaying, he's dying. And he falls down before Jesus, and Jesus is moved with compassion. The whole crowd was moved with fear. They all run away, they all depart, but there Jesus is, moved with compassion. And Jesus reaches out his hand, the Bible tells us in verse 13. And he touches the man. He touches him and says, I am willing, be made clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Did you catch the miraculous and amazing thing that just happened? If you're not careful, you'll read right through without noticing the magnitude of what has transpired. Jesus does the unthinkable. He reaches out and he touches him. This was something the priest of the day would never do. Because to touch a, a leper was to be defiled. It, would to, it was to make yourself unclean. But this one who was unblemished, the one who was without fault, the one who could never be contaminated by sin or disease or anything, the perfect Son of God reaches out and touches him. Imagine the shock of the leper. He hasn't been touched in years, perhaps decades. It might have been 20 or 30 years since he felt someone reach out and touch him. And Jesus does just that with a heart of love and compassion. He was saying, I understand. I'm with you. I love you. I love how one author puts it, if you'll permit me to read it. I believe it illustrates it so beautifully. As he creatively imagines the story. He says, from the eyes of the leper, the for five years, no one touched me. No one. Not one person. Not my wife, not my child, not my friends. No one touched me. They saw me. They spoke to me. I sensed love in their voices. I saw concern in their eyes, but I didn't feel their touch. There was no touch. Not once. No one touched me. What is common to you, I coveted. Handshakes, warm embraces, a tap on the shoulder to get my attention, a kiss on my lips to still a heart. Such moments were taken from my world. No one touched me. No one bumped into me. What I would have given to be bumped into, to be caught in a crowd, for my shoulder to brush against another's. But for years it has not happened. How could it? I was not allowed in the streets. Even the rabbis kept their distance from me. I was not permitted in my synagogue, not even welcome in my own house. I was untouchable. I was a leper, and no one touched me. 
until today. Five years ago, my wife had stepped toward me. She was the last to do so. Now he did. I did not move. I just spoke. Lord, you can heal me if you will. Had he healed me with a word, I would have been thrilled. Had he cured me with a prayer, I would have rejoiced. But he wasn't satisfied with speaking to me. He drew near. He touched me. Years ago, my wife had touched me, and no one had touched me since until today. I will. His words were as tender as his touch. Be healed. Energy flooded my body like water through a furrowed field. In an instant, in a moment, I felt warmth where there had only been numbness. I felt strength where there had been atrophy. My back straightened, my head lifted, and where I had been eye level with his belt, I now stood eye level with his face, his smiling face. When we come to Jesus, full of our spiritual disease, our deformities, our brokenness, our nothingness, when everything in your life has fallen apart, He doesn't ignore you. He doesn't cast judgment upon you. He doesn't chastise you. He reaches out and He touches you. He reaches out to show you love and compassion. He places His pure hand on your rotting, sinful soul. He gives to you His purity. He sees that sin you lay before Him. And he says, be clean. As he told the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. Today you may feel unworthy and filthy, and rightfully so, we are. But Jesus reaches out and he touches us in our filthiness and he makes us clean again. You see, today, as bad as your life may be, as discouraged as you might be in life about your sin and the mistakes you've made and all the pain you've caused in the lives of other people, all the destruction that's been brought about, there are no untouchables in the ministry of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God. What a great promise today. In the midst of your sin, Christ has come to bring you life and healing and forgiveness and new standing before God. What a beautiful and wonderful thing that God reaches out today and touches you in the midst of your sin and your suffering. So when you consider your spiritual life to be unlovely, maybe unforgivable, if you feel today like You are unlovable, like your life is hopeless, diseased, and useless. Come before the Lord. Lay down before Him in humility and allow Him to reach out and to touch you. And listen as He gently whispers to you, Be clean. I forgive you. The Bible says the leprosy immediately left him. 
And I want you to know what that means in your life today, that when Jesus forgives your sin, it leaves you immediately. It leaves you completely. It leaves you permanently. So when you pray a thousand times for God to forgive that same sin, it's already forgiven. It's already been exchanged with his righteousness. And as you confess your sin to God, God is faithful and just, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Your sin washed away by the loving touch and healing brought about by Jesus. If today you feel unlovely, unlovable, like life has crumbled to a thousand pieces, you're lonely, you feel ostracized and separated, you feel like everything's come to be nothing but a mess, a pile of problems, Bring all that to Jesus and find his compassion and then he reaches out and touches you in your struggle. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for such incredible love we read about in the life of this leper. How in great compassion our Lord reached out and brought healing. And I know today there are those who need healing those who need your touch. There are some here today who have been left in their leprosy. They haven't found the true cleansing that comes in believing on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that the leprosy of their soul might be healed by the righteous touch of Christ who died for them. Father, it's my prayer that they would come to faith in Christ today that they would realize their need for him and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. For many in the room today, they're carrying a heavy burden. Maybe they feel all alone. They mix in society, but still they feel like they have leprosy on the inside. That their pain and problems have left them all alone. Father, help them to find today there is a loving Savior who has compassion on them. And thank you that we can come today and bring our burdens and cast our cares upon you because you care for us. So God, we bring all our burdens, all our struggles, all our sin today. And we seek healing. We seek your touch. Father, thank you for the beautiful story today that Christ even reaches out to touch the leper. There's no one beyond his reach, no one that he is unwilling to reach out and bring healing and hope. Father, help us to find that today as we make fresh commitments to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If we can pray for you today and encourage you in that way, I hope you'll come now as we sing. Brother Tom and I will be here at the front to receive you. We'd love to pray with you and encourage you today, help you through any struggles you may be enduring. If you need Christ today, if you need his touch upon your soul, if you need his healing to take away your sin and bring to you new life and eternal life, friend, the only way to find it is through Jesus Christ. So you come right now and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. It would be the joy of my heart And the same for Brother Tom, to share with you what it means to follow Christ and to lead you in what to do.
to make Christ your Savior today. So don't delay. Be like that leper who found he had no other hope but Christ and came immediately and fell down before Christ and found his healing touch. Let the Lord touch your soul today and bring to you eternal life. Let's all stand. And as God speaks, let's be careful to respond.